Praise God. Once again, you're welcome to another exciting moment in God's presence. This is a time for fresh impact as we gathered in the presence of God this morning in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. As we take delivery of the word of God with power this morning, I see manifest deliverance taking place in your life in the name of Jesus. I see you begin to take command over unfavorable situations and circumstances in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, come on, shout Amen. amen. I said shout Amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, everyone spoken this morning earlier before me, it seems to be caught in the path what meaning what God has for us this morning. To the point that I felt probably I shouldn't be talking anymore this morning so that we can just go home and then we take hold on that which we have received and then uh, uh, be obedient and um, have a nice time with God. But we still must speak because God commanded. And I believe you're about to experience something better something greater, something that will take you to another level in your entire life, in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm speaking this morning on what I titled, How to Be in Command of Situations. How to Be in Command of Situations. Ladies and gentlemen, we are all used to the fact that the circumstances around us, the situations around us, even to a large extent, many believe the environment you find yourself shapes you. To a large extent, it has its role in our development and in our growth. But the truth is that God expects us to dominate situations, to dominate circumstances, to dominate the environment we find ourselves. In other words, Paul said, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, he's saying, be the one that brings about the change. Don't find yourself being taken over by the situation and the circumstances around. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying this morning? Shout amen. amen. So if you are to take command of situations and circumstances, whatsoever it may be, that you find yourself, there's one just, there's just one fruit that can lead you there this morning. I want us to go to John chapter 14 and we'll read verse 12 to 15. John chapter 14, verse 12 to 15. Even when you listen to people talk, you hear many voiced 
statement that shows that they are helpless where life situations are concerned. You hear statements like, what can we do? <laughs> you know it has always been like that. You know how Nigeria is. <laughs> That's the way they do it. Several statements that shows that men and women, all around including yourself, seems to be subject to certain forces that they need to be broken from. We are here on this planet to dictate the pace, not to comply. Do you understand what I'm talking about? To the unfavorable circumstances that comes up around us. John chapter 14, verse 12 to 15. Verily, verily, this is Jesus speaking. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you. You know, when Jesus makes such statements like this, he's telling you that take second thought. This is about, in fact, another version says, most assuredly, most assuredly, I speak unto you. In other words, this is a serious matter. Jesus is saying, I'm moving from just verily now to verily, verily. This is a serious matter. And you have to take or to give attention to what I'm about to say. That's what Jesus meant by saying verily, verily. Hallelujah. So verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Every one of us knows that Jesus was a commander when he was here. How many of you believe what I've just said? Let me see your hand up. There was no situation that took over Jesus. Not until Jesus, in fact, when Jesus was even going to die, the Bible says that he gave up his life. He said, I've got uh, the power to lay down my life, and I've got the power to take it up. In other words, even at death, he was still in command. I don't know whether you understand what I'm talking about. Even when it was a death situation, he was still in command. It happened because he chose for it to be so. Paul said something when the church of Macedonia were sending gifts to him. He said, I'm full of your gifts. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. But you see, I'm a man that is in control. I, 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 I choose to abound or I choose to abase. I know how to abound and I know how to abase. Praise God. Some of times, when some of us come to the realm where we are abounding, it's like, wow, <laughs> praise God. Okay. We thank God. When there is something that comes around and it's like, well, base, it's like, wow, the order is loose and well, what is going wrong with me? Praise God. But here is a man that says, I know how to take the choice between the two. Either of the two is not ruling me. I decide what I want. Hallelujah. Somebody heard what I'm saying? Come and shout hallelujah. hallelujah. This same man called Paul came to a point in his life, about two times or three times, they tried to kill him. In fact, they left him dead at the point in time. And they took him out to outskirts of the city. And the Bible says that as the breeze blew on him, what happened? He rose up again. He blessed the people around him. He went to the next uh, town and began to preach the gospel. You understand what I'm talking about? This man, 
apart from Jesus. Now, maybe you could say, well, it was because of Jesus. You know, Jesus, son of God, okay, it's Jesus, that's why he could do it. But he's another man, Paul, all right, that you and I can relate with to a large extent, amen, when it comes to his shortcomings, it comes to even his misbehaviors, even before he became who he was. Are you following me? These same men dominated situations and circumstances, even up, even up to the point of death. He came to a point, and then he, he began to speak to the people and said, Come, I, I don't know which one to do now. Uh, I'm trying, I'm in a strict between the two. I, I don't know, I, I need to decide whether to go home to be with the Lord. In other words, somebody just, you know, sit down, begin to dialogue with himself, begin to discuss with people. Imagine just discuss and say, uh, I don't know whether to die now or to stay, stay alive. I don't know which one to do. Uh, whether to go and be with the Lord or to still remain. Imagine somebody just come up and start discussing that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, how many can find yourself in that situation? Uh, you have to make a choice. Uh, you are determining when to, when to go. Praise God. Amen. Or what, you know, you come to the point of dominion that way that everything around you subjects to you. This man said, well, now, I think uh, I should stay because it's needful for you. Not necessarily for me, but needful for you. And he remained. After a season, he came again and said, well, I've finished my course. I've run the race. I think what's waiting for me now is the cloud growing. Uh, I think I want to go. And then he departed. He departed. And he went to be with the Lord. You understand what I'm talking about? Amen. Some of us, you know, the moment in such situations where you escape them is wow, great testimony. Hey, he didn't come. Now, but you see, the truth here is that we have to be in command of situations around us. Praise God. And that brother was giving testimony this morning. If you are not taking standing, asking God for mercy, I don't think uh, uh, there would have been solution to the case that he was talking about. But there was something behind that command he took. And that's what I'm going to show you this morning. Hallelujah. There are many people who ask God for things to be done. It's not everybody who get it done. Is that not so? Now let's just be frank. Is that not so? It's an issue with what we call answered prayers. Now that there's some of us who can say, in the name of Jesus, this be, and it will be. There's some who will shout from today till next year, till 2015. In the name of Jesus, it won't happen. Is something wrong with the name Jesus? No, something must be wrong with that. Because if the name Jesus produced result in somebody else's mouth, and it didn't produce result in your own mouth, there's nothing wrong with the name Jesus. Something must be wrong with you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Verse 13 says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, and that the Father may be glorified. Hallelujah. If you, uh, uh, the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Hallelujah. If you love me, keep my commandments. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying, whatsoever you ask in my name, 
Uh, some people interpret this for prayer. But you notice Jesus earlier taught us that when you pray, ask the Father in my name and the Father will give it to you. So Jesus said when it comes to prayer proper, when you are praying, ask the Father and in my name and it shall be done. Praise God. The Father will give it to you. That's prayer when it comes to prayer connection. But here Jesus wasn't talking about prayer as it were to the Father. He was talking about you taking command of life and situations in his name. And he said, I will practically make myself available to get it done. If somebody can know what I'm talking about. Shout hallelujah. Let me read it to you in another version. It says, just believe. Fourteen. Twelve. The truth is anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Thirteen. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, this is a statement that is different from ask the Father in my name, he shall be done. Amen. He's saying take command. It's saying, whatever you command, I'm there to perform it. Because the work of the Son brings glory to the Father. You ask anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments. Hallelujah. If you love me, obey my commandments. Hallelujah. So for you to be in command of your situations, you must respond wholeheartedly to God's command. Is somebody here know what I'm talking about? It is your obedience to God's command that makes you a commander of situations on earth. It is your own obedience to him that gets God on the scene. When you begin to take command, it begins to function on your behalf. Many of us understand this if you happen to be at a position in life, and everyone's are there, you have certain level of influence around you. In other words, you have certain level of subjects around you. It could be children, it could be at work, it could be uh, anywhere around you. And you will discover that the uh, when you have instructions given to those that are subject to you, and they happen now to carry it out, uh, they happen not to be obedient and they come up with a challenge that needs your assistance, there is a certain level of hesitation. Is that not so? Is that not so? If that happens to you as an ordinary person, what do you think is happening to God who created us in his own image? Many a times we don't get things done in our lives, not because God is not who he is, but because we are not positioning ourselves for God's performance in our lives as a result of our lack of obedience. Sorry, lack of disobedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Sometimes we think there are rituals that get God on the move for us. No, it's our obedience that determines God's commitment to us. Somebody hear what I'm talking about? I said, do you hear what I'm talking about? Shout amen. amen. I said, shout amen. amen. Jesus said, if you believe in me, 
The works that I do shall you do also. And even greater works than this. Verse 15 shows us that this statement was not an expression of his opinion. But it's a command for us to obey. Are you with me? In verse 15 he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. In other words, he's saying, I am not expressing an opinion that if you believe in me and do the works that I do, then whatever you ask in my name shall be done. It's not an opinion. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an instruction. It's a command from him. That's why in verse 15 he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, if you truly love me, take on that instruction I've given you. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Doing the works of Jesus is a master key in bringing Jesus on the scene to perform in your life. If you want to take command of situations, get committed to doing his works. Hallelujah. He was giving testimony this morning and he's been a man that has been committed to doing the works of God. Are you with me? Sometimes, have you not noticed sometimes even in the scriptures where some man of God comes to a, a, a situation and uh, the next thing is they have to recall certain stand with God as a servant. I don't know whether he get and God and they get through. With whatever they're asking God for. I've served you with all of my heart. I have not disobedient to the heavenly vision. You hear statements like that, and then you will see whatever they demand coming to pass. Amen. Why? Because they are committed to doing his works. Look at your neighbor for a second this morning and tell that neighbor of yours. There's no fact that there's no doubt about it. Tell that anybody there's no doubt about there's it. There's no doubt about it. That you're busy. That you're busy. In fact, God needs busy people. In fact, God needs busy people. He doesn't want lazy people. He doesn't want lazy people. Amen. Amen. So you're busy, fine. Tell that anybody because you're busy, fine. You're busy, fine. Say it again, you're busy, it's fine. You're busy, it's fine. But it's better if you had been busy. For God with it. Hallelujah. Because truly, you can't take command, like I said, until you're busy. In that thing, I mean busy for God or with God. In that thing that is of your own that you are busy in, can only find expression if you are truly busy for God. Somebody hearing what I'm talking about? If you are truly what? Busy. Somebody says, well, I'm not called as a pastor now. They are the ones that are the pastors. Did you see pastor written in what we just read? What did he say? He said, if you believe in me. What does it mean? If you're born again, if you're a believer, he says, then your salvation is simply a calling. Amen. To take the responsibility to do the work of Jesus Christ. Somebody hear what I'm talking about? Most of the time, you see, what we go through, you know, seems to cloud us. And we don't know that 
Just in simple, you see, wisdom says, little angels swings mighty doors. It is not the big things or the great things. Last week I was speaking on the fact that we don't have to worry. We will be delivered from worry. The truth is that it's our worry and anxiety that makes us not to give attention to God. As we respond in obedience to do his work, whatever we ask will be done. That is guarantee from Jesus Christ. If you are now committed to doing his works and you are declaring and you are demanding situations to change and it's not happening, then you have a reason to talk with him. You say, I've done this. I'm into this. I'm doing this for you. And then why is this not happening? Then you have a ground to pull your case in the law court of heaven. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Say, so come, let us reason together. <laughs> let us pull the case together. And then justify yourself by your right standing. Amen. I want you to know that beyond answers to prayer, Our declarations in his name will start finding fulfillment because we are doing his work. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. What is the work? Hallelujah. What is what? You know, I, I, I heard of the testimony of Kennedy Egan. How many of you know Kennedy Egan? I mean, that man's life and ministry has affected men. In fact, a lot of us are products, <laughs> you know. And the man didn't even step into Nigeria all his lifetime. And hardly could you find any frontline minister today that has not found a foundation in Kennedy Egan's administrations. The man was 80-something when he went, I think. And when he was about to go, I mean, just before he left, I heard somebody was saying something that few years before then was when he actually completed his assignment. And then he had a, a an encounter with God. And God was saying, discussing with him, know uh, you're finished now. And then you can come home anytime you want to come. <laughs> Some people are just living a life. I, I don't know. Sometimes what happens to us. Imagine God shows up to you and just said, Well, um, actually, you have been um, I mean, at 80 something. And said, Well, actually, yeah, I can, uh, you have finished your assignment, the work you have to do. Uh, but it, it, it's up to you now. You can choose. To you like to come home whenever you want to come, you can come. I, I don't know whether can you understand that. Why? Why do people have such stand with God? Because they work, because they serve Him, because they are His own when it comes to service. They're not just children. They're not just babes in God's house. They're servants of God. They move from that level of being just a believer. They become servants of God. 
Am I talking to someone? Look at your neighbor and says, you've been a believer long enough. You need to get born again. And become his servant. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you need to get born again into service. <laughs> if there's anything like that. Amen. You need to move on to the next level. You need to change status from being just a child in the house. You need to move on and become somebody who will be a man with God. Hallelujah. Is somebody here know what I'm talking about? Jesus explained this work to us. In John chapter 4, look at it quickly. John chapter 4, verse 34 through 38. Look at it quickly. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Jesus was consumed with the work. Hallelujah. Hey, listen. Work is not a curse. It's a blessing. In the beginning, in fact, work was given to man before they were given, before anything called a curse came in. When God finished with man, he gave him work to do. He asked him to tend again. He even told us six days work, seven day rest. The seventh day you rest. Work is a blessing. Work is a means of changing our lives, of lifting us. When we become diligent, we start changing into a better glory that God has designed for us. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Verse 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages. Come and say receiveth wages. Receiveth what? Wages. And that's what many are missing. And that's what many are struggling and anxious over to receive. And the only one key to it is commitment to the work. And gather fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Let me quickly show you that in another version. Jesus in verse 34 says, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God, who sent me, and from finishing his work. <laughs> Amen. He said, true nourishment. Hallelujah. Uh, how many of you know that's the slogan of, uh, is it Martina or whatever? But true nourishment comes from doing God's work. He says, do you think the work of harvesting will not begin until the summer ends for months from now? Or four months from now? Look around you. Vast fields are ripening all around us and are ready now for the harvest. Verse 36. The harvesters, the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alive? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. So Jesus told us there, come, this harvest I'm talking about is people. There's this cartoon that my children watch about the 
miracles of Jesus. We were watching it yesterday. In fact, as I was watching the cartoon, I, I, I got... <laughs> it's like I'm getting more imparted than watching the real thing. <laughs> you know, when Peter was asked to dip uh, the, the net, praise God. What was the miracle? The miracle was that there was so much available to the point that they had to beckon to others. Their nets were breaking, net breaking miracles. Their nets were breaking. They had to beckon onto friends to help them carry the fish. But notice what he did at the beginning of that whatever. Jesus just asked for his business. He said, Jesus said, let me have your business to propagate the gospel to this people. I don't know whether you get what I'm talking about. Peter had, the boat was there. There was nothing happening. They just gone toiling and there was no good thing coming forth. The business was not good that day. You get what I'm talking about. And somebody came and said, give me your business to pass message across. God is talking to someone this morning. He says, I want you to package your business in a way that gospel will be reaching people. And then let's see whether you will not have a net break profit. You don't partner with God and God fail you. It's not possible. God, God will hold you his own part of the deal. Whatever he holds you, he will pay you. Because you allow his business to speak the gospel. I mean, your business to speak the gospel. You, you deserve the wages. And that is a net breaking profit. Is somebody hearing what I'm talking about? Shout hallelujah. It says the people is the harvest. Look all around us. Now we live in a time and generation that everybody is almost thinking everybody is born again. Is that not so? Is that not so? It's more or less the folk. It's more or less becoming that uh, if you don't say you're born again, it's like um, <laughs> you are not uh, uh, the happening, the happening time. It's almost becoming like that. Even in the music industry, is that not so? It's almost becoming like that. And that's where we have the most dangerous situations. Because everybody wants to claim they belong. So, sometimes the so-called mass crusade may not get the result, the results for us, but we have to get out one-on-one -on -one to reach out to people. Now, you're not reaching out to people just because it is good to do it. You are doing it because that is who you are. You are a believer. A believer speaks the gospel. Live your life as a believer and see how God can reward. See how God can preserve your life. Listen, you have no reason to be in existence if you are not, if you don't want anything in God's hands. Uh, what I mean is this. If you're not a contributor to his kingdom, I'm not talking about finances now, because some people believe <laughs> uh, we can go, but you can release money to go. What do you mean by that? I've had that a lot of times. Uh, we can go, but you can set up. Even, even ministers on TV will say, but some of us are going, but you can go, you can send your money. And we, you can see what your money is doing. As, as, as nice as that sounds, <laughs> is there anyone exempted from speaking this gospel? If you're a believer, whatever, you're with your money and you, that's what God wants. Not your money. In fact, he wants you before your money. 
Jesus said, when I sent you forth without pause, did you lack anything? They came back and said, we didn't lack anything. In fact, when that your pause is ready, get up from that your room. Walk out of that your house. Get on the street preaching gospel. You don't, you don't need money to tell somebody. You don't need, you need your legs to just stroll around. Have, just, just free yourself from worry and anxiety and just stroll around and have a nice time talking with people about Jesus. You don't know whether as a result of that, God will establish a connection with someone that will lift you into your realm of abundance. We all need one another. Is that not so? God gave you the gospel too to connect you. If you don't use it, and you are praying and fasting alone, you won't get the job done. Your praying and fasting will arrange situations and circumstances. Even that very man that is needed for your lifting in life has been arranged and is in your circle. And yet, because you don't carry gospel, you don't meet them. That person needs Jesus. He's not born again yet. And he needs to get born again to convert the opportunity in your direction. And you're only fasting and praying. Money is good. We need the money. But you see, go. Do you understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> the assignment is a go. When I send you without anything, didn't you come back with plenty? Amen. Some of us, our struggles is as a result of this lack of obedience. I mean, of, is that correct? Yes, lack of obedience. We need to change. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to change. Need to change. Hey, some of us say, if you ask me now, when did you give your life to Christ? You'll be counting years, 20 years, 30 years. How many lives have you affected? One, two. Praise God. this morning, let me just show you why. Reasons why believers don't do the work of God. Why? Why? There's one number one thing on the agenda. Money. Say money. <laughs> Everybody wants to fade for himself. want to find something. They want money to come. You have needs and all that. So it has clouded us. We don't even think of another person. That needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And Jesus said, when I sent you forth, did you lack anything? In other words, if you're a gospel carrier, you won't lack. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You won't lack. <coughs> Somebody was complaining about ministers of the gospel. He said, ah, them, they just have this, they have that, they have that. I was just laughing. It's not complaining. Just do what they are doing. In your own little world. And see whether God will not surprise you with such testimonies you see in their lives. I don't know whether you get what I'm talking about. It's not complaining. You preach this same gospel. So look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor you will not lack. That time you you you, you, you thought was wasting. Uh, you, you 
felt that you are wasting time. Oh, I should be counting some millions. Uh, uh, oh, millions. Wait, I need to go and discuss that contract there. Million, million, million. Praise God. And there is a man in front of you, and God is saying, Talk with this man. And you refuse to talk to this man. Your eyes is on that one that is, you are going to discuss contract of million. And God is saying, Speak with this man. Get this man born again. And if you happen to obey, you later on discover that actually this same man is the one that is actually at the uh, aim of affair to roll out that which you need from this one you want to. God knows how to connect you. You see, let me tell you, I don't like struggling. I mean, like, it's a way of life for some of us. Why is it struggling? It's in our language. That's the language. He's a hustler. What's that? For boy, we must hustle. <laughs> you know? I don't like it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. The next thing, problem that we have, why we don't do it, is a feeling of inferiority to an unbeliever. Hey, listen to me. If you are seated in a congregation and you are born again, you are superior to any unbeliever, irrespective of his status. Let him be the president of the universe. As long as he's not born again, he's subject to you. He's inferior to you. A lot of the so-called Big men that you see around that are empty, no God in their life. And because of the things you see around them, you are feeling inferior of approaching them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Pastor Jay was saying this morning. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. And I found out in that scripture, not only power of God of salvation as it was to save the people, but also in your own life deliverance and breakthroughs. It doesn't matter if you like right the G that they just made from us. As long as you are not born again, you are an inferior person. You are inferior. You are, look at your neighbor. Ask your neighbor, are you born again? Are you born again? Let us be sure. Ask your neighbor. Let them answer you. Are you born again? Are you born again? Are you born again? Praise God. If you are not born again in the house this morning, you are getting born again before you go this morning. Because it's no longer the fashion now. You know, we have not seen in this fashion before. Jesus is all the fashion. It's the new fashion. Get born again. Praise God. Amen. 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 And when you're born again, get busy in the business. Ah, well, I can, something just flashed to my mind now. Just remember, oh, when we would cut the fire, God born again and all that. Even inside the rain, we were holding hands with people to fill them with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. On the street, cars were coming. They said, we just do like this with the car. We are busy here, past that place. <laughs> oh God, I remember about six of us, we held hands together. About three of them, they needed Holy Ghost. So the rest of us are already in and Holy Ghost, we are speaking in tongues, we held hands together. We were confident. We know we've got something that worth more than anything else. 
We were willing to give up everything for this just one thing. <laughs> I remember when I woke up to my dad and said he needs to be born again. <laughs> he looks at me. <laughs> he said, I born again. I've been born again a long time ago. And I know you gave back to me. And I know you raised me in Baptist church. I know you used to go to Baptist church. But then I want to know whether you are, I want to be sure. How did you get born again? <laughs> he said, I'm telling me stories. When missionary came to their village, and he said, it's my father that first of all dropped the traditional distance and went for baptism. He said, he followed the father. And I said, okay, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. All right. I said, okay, uh, I went to another corner. At least let me be sure as a son that my father is safe. I went to another corner and said, you need to renew it. <laughs> he was renewing it. <laughs> I pray with him, lay hands on him. He calls me now. I said, how is the ministry? I said, fine, sir. No, he's old, but he's still alive. He said, fine, sir. Ah, my children, they are fine, sir. How is the work of God? Fine, sir. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. You know, and then to top it off, he started having more conviction. He, ah, ah, this my son carries something different. Ah, when he attended, there was a growth here on his son. We just have an evening, Thursday, Friday evening miracle service. So we just have not too many people were in the meeting that day. He was, he went to sit at the back. You know, we just, we just sit and just. After the meeting, when it was landed on him, and the growth not only just disappeared, as we say, something like Margot White, as big as this, my finger here, came out of it. Ah, he called me. I said, Come and see, come and see. I said, Yes. Hey, now I know what we are talking about. Some of us here, we don't know that by our hands, there's somebody dying out there that God wants to. It's not just the pastor. Are you with me? You don't know that there's somebody out there that God wants to transform their lives. You don't know there's a home out there that God needs you for. You are so preoccupied with your own problem. And forgotten that wisdom says it's in the need of somebody else that you meet that your own miracle is found. Shyness and fear. You are shy to talk to somebody else. Lack of spiritual development. We don't want to commit ourselves to spiritual development. We're everywhere except the world. Lack of knowledge. You don't even know. That's why I'm telling you this morning. Don't even know that's who you are. And that's what you should be doing. Lack of confidence as a result of living as a Christian. That's another problem. Many of us as Christians, we are born again, but our life is nothing to write them about. So the unbelievers around us, they know it. So it is difficult for you to convince them to get born again. Change. Come to your neighbor and say, repent. Pick up the standard. Let them see the life in you. They will, they will answer. They will, they will submit to whatever. They will act into whatever you tell them. When they see that you don't live the same kind of life. Lack of training. That's why we're talking this morning. We're training you. Lack of decision to do it. Make up your mind. It's a task you must do. 
a decision of no return, then satanic oppositions. The devil doesn't want them. <laughs> so he brings all kinds around you because he doesn't want you to do it. He brings all kinds of destruction. Wisdom says whatever the devil can destroy, he will destroy. Whatever the devil cannot destroy, he will destroy. And there's so many distractions all over the places. It can come in just one statement of news. <laughs> and you are distracted, destabilized. And focus is gone. If you must take command of situations in life, get committed to doing God's work. When God knows that if you appear before Obama, you will ask him about his faith in Christ. He will create a way for you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? He will create a way for you. Quickly, I want to be rounding up with this now. Jesus made a statement in John chapter 17, verse 2 and 3, that shows us that we have great authority over all flesh. He was praying, he was about to go, and he said, As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know him, or know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. <laughs> As thou was too, as thou hast given him power, that word power is authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Amen. Amen. Yet then Jesus turned to us and said, As the Father has sent me, so sent I you. He released the authority, have the authority over all flesh. So listen, there's no body I can walk up to do. Open my mouth and talk to about Jesus. Why? Because I know he's subject to my authority in Christ Jesus for his own eternal life. Look at the neighbor and tell your neighbor you carry authority. You carry authority. Right to function. Right to function. And every unbeliever. And every unbeliever. At your presence. At your presence. Knows they are subject. Knows they are subject. To whatever you are saying. To whatever you are saying. So be confident. So be confident. And speak forth. Hallelujah. Tell the Lord, no more shyness. No more shyness. Be confident. The most important thing, the most valuable, is a commodity we can say now is the gospel. It's the most valuable. Endeavor to be a crusader. Endeavor to carry this thing to others. Amen. Another thing is God is holding you responsible. Amen. So when Jesus said, go, you release that authority. As you get committed in obedience, I said, as you get committed in obedience, as you get committed in obedience, in the name of Jesus, I see you taking command of situations, Amen. taking command of sicknesses, Amen. taking command of diseases, Amen. taking command of lack, Amen. taking command of every unfavorable situation, Amen. taking command of death, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Your commitment in obedience to doing this work of God will put you in command of life. Amen. Look at your neighbor and shake their hands. Congratulate them. 
Say, welcome to the world of commanders. I tell that person, I see you imagine as a life commander in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and pray. If you're here, you're not born again. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're in this atmosphere. No other best place for you to be born again. Amen. I want you to just say this prayer along with me. Father, just say it, Father. In the name of Jesus, if you're not born again, begin to pray that prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. With all of my heart, I confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I repent of my sins. I repent of my ways. Thank you for your blood. Be sprinkled upon me. I receive life. Life eternal. I'm delivered from the power of darkness today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you are born again. Wholeheartedly, if you commit yourself, make that decision, you're born again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Secondly, quickly, I want to say this to us. Amen. As a church, Christmas Harvest Church, we have, you know, in this ministry, we have a vision. Our mission is very clear. Amen. Is to raise and to win. Hallelujah. To raise means to mature you, to make you don't remain a dwarf in God's kingdom. Grow tall. You understand what I'm talking about? Increase, grow, and become mature. That you can undo life, undo situations. Stop being children. Praise God. Grow up. So we're here to grow you. Amen. We're here to raise you. And then again, we're here to train you to do the work of ministry. Because as a believer, you have been called to serve. Is somebody hear what I'm talking about? The harvest is plenty. Praise God. Every day, they say in the marketplace, that marketplace, they say they are building, you know, in the secular world, they, they say they are building people for the marketplace. Is that not? Uh -huh. That marketplace is the gospel place. It's the harvest field. That's the harvest field. That's where you meet people every day. Ordinarily, an unbeliever, how many unbeliever ordinarily wake up in the morning and say they are coming to church service? It is there you meet them. So you have to go. Amen. Tomorrow, as you wake up, even for today, as you get out of the, of, the, of the church this morning, there are people who didn't go to church at all today. They live all around us. We know some of them. For you to have become complacent with them, you know. <laughs> all right, okay. It's one of those things, okay, all right. Okay. Uh, you even tell them, ah, we are going to church, we are coming back. Hey, you even give them assignment. In case somebody comes to check you in the house, please let me take You know they are not going to church. <laughs> Praise God. Because the devil is cheating us. Secondly, we, we have, I mean, we have arranged as a church for now, on a monthly basis, every last Saturday of the month, every one of us we gather 
where is that place? Kedah Field. You know Kedah bus stop there? There's a field there where they play football. We'll gather 4.30 every Saturday, last Saturday of the month. So this coming last Saturday of the month, we're going to gather there. I'm telling every one of us to gather there 4.30. 4.30 to 6.30. Let us do something. Amen. Let your life impact somebody else's life. Let somebody be able to stand up and say, thank God for you. I would have been this, but now I am this. Thirdly, I want us to rise up on our feet. I want you to know that because I serve God, I do His work. Whatever I ask in His name, He will do it. How many of you believe that? Believe what we have just read? Now, put your hands down. How many of you know I'm doing God's work? Let me see your hand up. If you are convinced I'm doing God's work. Okay, all right. I want to channel your faith this morning. Okay? Jesus said, whatever I ask, it will be done. Because I do his work. I don't know what is the situation confronting you this morning. I want to ask him to step in for you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because I do the work. Father, step into, into the situations in your lives. Lift up your voice, begin to pray. Begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. Begin to thank him this morning. Father, we bless you. We give a praise. We give a glory. We magnify you. We'll exalt you. Oh, blessed be your name. Be exalted. Be exalted. Be exalted. Be exalted. Be exalted. Be exalted. You see, you won't have financial problem if you are committed to doing his work. You won't have health challenges if you are committed to doing his work. God knows you need a healthy body to pass the message across. He knows you need finances to carry on in your life. He needs you need those things to be an example to many. He will make them available to you. If you are in this service this morning, you are having a financial challenge. I come against that financial challenge in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, you devil, lose your hold over them right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I stand in my place sir, as a believer doing the works of God. Jesus said, in the name of Jesus, Jesus declared, if I do his work, I will ask what I will, and it shall be done. I ask that every man and woman in this house this morning, having a challenge financially, be free in the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone under this voice this morning, having a health challenge in your body, you're having a sickness or disease in your body. I decree in the name of Jesus, your spirit of infirmity, lose your hold right now. They remove them, cast away in the name of Jesus. I If you have a challenge on your body, just put your hand on that part of your body. The Bible says he sent the world and heal them and deliver them from their oppressions. In the name of Jesus, as your hand is laid on that part of your body, I command that evil, that sickness, that disease to leave your system. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are free. You are healed by the strife of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now anyone here in business, and there's a business contract in your hand, that's having a challenge financially, I want you to come out here quickly. You're into business and you expect a financial, 
you're into business and you are looking forward to financial profit in that business. I want you to come out quickly. Come out in faith this morning. Come out to someone that you believe does the work. That you believe that what Jesus said will come to pass. He will do it. He will do it. He said, I will do it. Whatever you ask in my name. Praise God. Lift up your hands as someone that's receiving. Not as someone that is praising. As someone that's expected to receive. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, in the honor of your word, we are here asking you for the confirmation of your word in the life of these ones. In the name of Jesus Christ. You said we lack nothing because we went forth. Lord, as an obedient person in your work, I ask in the name of Jesus that everyone standing before me this morning receive financial breakthrough. Receive breakthrough in their businesses. Receive encounter supernaturally. Open up their businesses in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, fill them with hearts to structure their business, to carry and propel the gospel in the name of Jesus. And as they do so, do more for them in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that this one be released this morning. Satan, lose your hold over their business. Lose your hold over their contracts. Lose their hold over their endeavors. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Oh, you're working. You're in a job. You can go back. You're in a job. You're in an employment. They employ you somewhere. I pray for you this morning. Just lift up your hand wherever you are in the congregation. And I pray for you this morning. That as you turn that establishment to an atmosphere, that everyone who comes in hears something about Jesus from you, you will command promotion in the name of Jesus. You will command increase in the name of Jesus. I see opportunity coming your way that will lift you in the name of Jesus. Oh, listen, I, I was talking to someone. I was talking to someone over the week. And we're discussing, and, and, and he said, he said, even when there was no economic crisis, crunch, downturn, whatever, met down, different names they call it. He said, we find it difficult to get some things done, to move and achieve and get some uh, finances. He said, but now that the economic crunch is there, that is when God is blessing us. Can you see what we're talking about? It is not... Economic, in fact, there's a news now, so maybe you should start talking about it now. I was listening to CNN, and there's a news now, as a particular country now, they're already having a relief from the, not relief from the, they are actually, the economy is actually bouncing back now. Okay? So, uh, don't let us uh, begin, don't let us continue to sing the songs of economic downturn. You understand what I'm talking about? It's bouncing back. Praise God. Uh, because we refuse to accept it, it must go. <laughs> you know, anything that you refuse to accept must live your life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. So in the name of Jesus, this time, you will excel. Amen. No limitation in the name of Jesus Amen. will prevail against Amen. you. Where all the strife and the fear, you will succeed. Amen. In the name of Jesus, it shall work for you. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I say shout hallelujah. hallelujah.
Come and shout hallelujah. If you believe God has done something for you this morning, shout hallelujah. 